You're listening to Shep Life with 1FM's Terry Cowley. Joining us on the line this morning is brand new Shepherd and Constable Georgia Ryan. Good morning, Georgia. Good morning, how are you? I'm really well. And I had to play Georgia on my mind by Willie, Willie Nelson beforehand because, of course, Georgia was on my mind because I was ringing you up, wasn't I? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> so it is good to have a different perspective on our police segment this morning. Now, you're not long through your recruiting and training process, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Yeah, I graduated um, l- the start of just before coronavirus um, really took hold, really. Ah, so it's p- possibly not been the same experience you would have expected, but I hope it has been positive nonetheless. Yes, it, no, it very much has been a bit different graduation to um, the usual, but I guess it's the, the norm at the moment mm. for us all. Can you tell us a bit about, you know, what drew you to the police and what that uh, recruitment and training process was like? Yeah, um, so the reason that um, i become interested in joining the police force in the first place was um, my auntie actually was a uh, police member here at Shepparton. Um, I would have been in grade 10, uh, went to her graduation and thought, this is pretty cool. And um, she made, um, she did a, some fairly positive stuff within the community and was a pretty good role model to me and decided that I could definitely would like to follow in her footsteps and so, um, yeah, uh, joined the process and um, was accepted uh, late, um, I think it was September last year I started at the academy um, and then, yeah, follow through, get sworn in um, November and then a bit of placement through there and then graduated uh, April and now I've been at Shepparton ever since. If anyone out there is thinking about becoming a police officer, I'm sure they're interested in what the recruitment process was like. I mean, there's all sorts of stereotypes about that in in movies and things of years gone by. Yes. You can, you know, the the beep tests and this, that, and the other, and having to. It, it, a lot of it seems it seemed in the past to focus on your physical fitness, but I think and 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 even things like height. But I think these days there's a lot more, you know, psychological considerations, isn't there? Yeah. The um, at the beginning, you do just a general um, test and, and seeing, you know, how you, how you go with um, handwriting, written handwriting, um, set like essentially like an essay, and then you do some general math math questions and um, just some, you know, if you can use a computer and those sorts of just general overall things. Um, and if you're deemed suitable in that, they do some background checks. Um, following that, you do an online interview. I, f- I found that was really quite bizarre because you just speak to a screen. No one's actually responding back to you or giving you any feedback with body language and that sort of a thing. So um, that one's a little bit of an awkward one. Um, but then, yeah, following that, you'll do a um, fitness and psych testing on the same day. Um, so if you're if you pass your fitness which is um it's all on the website with what the fitness requirements are but it's uh five one in the beep test um five push-ups planking for a minute um all those sorts of things um nothing like climbing the big wall like they they show in the movies and stuff and you don't have to do any outrageous marathon length running but um maybe but perhaps the movie police academy wasn't entirely accurate <laughs> not quite, not quite, no. Um, but, yeah, so they'll they'll make you do all those sorts of things and if you deem suitable in that, um, oh, there's a swim in there as well. Um, 
And then How far did you have to swim? You have to swim 100 metres in four minutes. Oh, that's not too bad. No, it's pretty good. <laughs> I, I forgot my goggles that day, so I swam with my head above water and still managed to <laughs> scrape it in, so no issues. Um, but, yeah, so then, if they, yeah, they deem you suitable in, in those areas and they um, that afternoon you'll sit your um, psych evaluation, which... If you're not crazy when you go in there, you definitely feel it by the time you're done three hours of repetitive questions. <laughs> I guess they're asking the same question different ways to try and trip you up or yeah. make sure you are you know, telling the truth. Yeah, just to see that you're honest in what you're saying, which is that's the, the best thing is not to think about it too much and just answer with how you'd, you'd initially don't start thinking too much into it because then it's not your initial reaction. It's, it's something that you've thought about. And then if you don't think about it the same way when the question's worded differently, you'll come up with a different answer and they'll start asking questions um, about that. But, yeah, so if they then think that that's okay, they'll do a... Um, it's now mandatory, I believe, that you'll do a one-on-one psych interview as well, um, which they just ask you about um, your home life and, you know, how, how you know, who your supports are, how you deal with stresses. Um, and it's you think it's scary at the start, but once you get in there, you just... Well, I found I just started talking and I was <laughs> just... Away I went. I so. think you've just got to tell the truth, don't you? I mean... Yeah. What yeah. else can you do? Yeah. <laughs> Oh, that's the thing. It's easy to be upfront and honest because then yeah. there's nothing that, that can hold you back and then you're not going home and rethinking anything you've said mm. because you've been honest with what you've said in the first place. So, um, But after that, they do a medical... They give you a medical booklet and um, run through all the medical stuff. So, you know, eye tests, ear tests, um, all of those sorts of just general and things. is it... You can't be colourblind, can you? No, no, yeah. you can't. Um, bit, bit tricky with traffic lights. Very tricky, especially <laughs> when you're trying to do traffic light direction and you're watching yeah. the lights first. Yep. And then, <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, so can't be colourblind. And you you can have glasses and things like that, but there's just a certain level of, of sight they want you to have before um, they actually will, will allow you to, to join. Just in the instance where like you went swimming to get someone out of the water or something like that and say you had a contact and it came out and then can you still drive that's yeah. those sorts of things but um after the medical then you'll do a panel interview and then um if the panel seem think you're suitable then you'll get a start date and then you're in academy life so how long were you at the academy um you i believe you're supposed to be there for 32 weeks um but with the normal, towards the end of it, um, once you start passing your final exams and your final um, practical um, and those sorts of things, you normally start doing a fair bit of marching um, just so that we look a lot better come graduation, um, considering we only march on Monday uh, mornings for like a, like a school assembly, so to speak. Um, and then, yeah, you'll do a lot more of that. But because we weren't having a graduation, because... Um, of the coronavirus circumstances, we they cut all of that, um, the end marching, and we just got out. I think we ended up doing 29 weeks, um, worked over Easter. and. Did you get to do any marching? Yeah, we still marched, but just not for our graduation, which is a bit of a shame because the graduation's a pretty spectacular part. Yeah. Oh, yeah. maybe. Is there any talk of reenacting it at a later date or no yeah there, there is uh. um, there's there's talk of um a like a university style graduation um later on when when things can kind of go ahead with large groups and those sorts of things but That's um good. 
Yeah, well, it was a, a pretty important part for me, the graduation, because I have previous family members in the job. They're actually allowed to, to give me what we call our Freddie, like our um, our badge. Um, and so that was something that was pretty important to me, getting my family members to, to hand me that. Passing, passing the baton to the next generation. Essentially, yeah, that's it. Now, where is the Academy in Victoria? The Academy is in Glen Waverley, actually. Um, I believe it's on um, eight acres or something, I think I read, which is a fair, fairly little bit of prime land in Glen Waverley. And was it a good experience? Like, it must be pretty... So you, you actually stay on campus the whole time? Yeah. So it must be pretty collegiate, I would imagine. It's, it's an interesting experience and one that you won't probably... It's hard to, to portray without actually being there, but um, being from country location I didn't have anywhere to stay in the city so I was what we classed as a live-in which meant um, moved in at the start in the main building which is the original um, police academy area that had you shared a room so my roommate was actually from uh, Castle Maine Um, and then you you get your breakfasts uh, if you haven't had breakfast by kind of 6 30 you're not really going to get any and then same sort of thing, like you have your lunch and, and your dinner. If you hadn't had dinner by 5.30, you're going to be struggling to get some. So 5.30, that's early. <laughs> yeah. Very. Early early up and early to bed, eh? The boys seem to have two, like a second dinner later on. They'd go and order stuff from, from elsewhere and have a second dinner. The nuggets for supper or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it sounds like a really interesting um, experience. Is it the case that now you have to have some kind of degree before you apply? It used to be straight from school, but I don't know whether that happens anymore. Yeah, not necessarily a degree. They're just chasing a bit of life experience. Um, so with obviously when you come straight from school... Um, most 16-year-olds think that they know everything at the moment, but come 18, you think you know a bit more. But um, they're just wanting you to have a bit of um, engagement in in different things, you know, having a boss, being told what to do, um, being out, making sure that you've, you've seen some things in your life and you've had some experiences so that you can use them to um, help you in, in different situations that you'll be put in later on within in the um, police force. So what did you do after school? Um, after school, I actually went to um, Melbourne and um, got a degree uh, in in massage. And then um, I couldn't help myself. I set up my own massage clinic, um, ran that for four years, and then um, was accepted into the the police force. And then away I went with that. So. Okay. So are you uh, called upon to do massages <laughs> of your colleagues? Not necessarily my colleagues, my family, though. Uh, yeah. And I just tell them I don't know any masseuses anymore. I only know police officers. <laughs> so how old are you now, Georgia? Um, I just turned 25. Okay. So you've been out on the streets? You've been on the beat? Yes, I have. Yep. How, how, how long have you been doing that for? Um, so uh, since April um, when I came, came to Shepparton. So I think it's about six months, I'm pretty sure now, that I've... Um, been working the van and the watch house and um, those sorts of things. So, what are your impressions so far? Um, impressions of the job, or impressions of well, I guess both. Um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely an interesting job that you you get to see lots of very different things, and um, it's 
it's a weird kind of job to explain. Like, I know it gets explained a lot at the academy as you've got the front row tickets to the greatest show in the world. Um, <laughs> wow. That's, that's how they explain it. But um, it's, you see things that not many other people see and you experience things that very little um, people... And not all of them good. No, not all of them good. You, you do get some really good ones, um, and that, that's one thing that I really like to to um, make sure that I follow up on is if I if I do have a a story like a good story, I make sure I touch base with those people and and just check in on them every now and then and see how they're going. Um, it, it kind of I don't know it it makes you feel like you've you've done something really really helpful for those people that that really do appreciate what we do. Well, I think, um, you know, the traditional idea or not so much the traditional, it was actually the reality, I think, of policing in the past was very much, you know, um, booking people and, um, you know, at the at the end when the crime had happened. But it is so much more about um, connecting with the community and trying to prevent uh, crime these days, isn't it? Yeah, that's it. I think community engagement is... Um, we actually have a, 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 sh- a rostered shift now where we actually go out to the community and, and have a chat with business owners and just people on the street and try and have that positive um, influence and that proactive policing. Um, I think that that's the most important part. If if we turn turn up to a job where, you know, things aren't going very well or, um, you know, there's an, a, some form of domestic and there's children present, I think it, trying to have that positive um influence and that impact on those children so that when that happens again they're not afraid to call us to come and help them um instead of them going oh no no the police will only lock us up if we're doing bad things definitely and as as you said i think that that plant that seed young especially um if you're you know dealing with people who come from other countries where the police haven't exactly got a great rap yeah and I think even too, sometimes people don't have a great experience because of the circumstances and, and the different decisions that are made. But I think every time you go to a job, even if they have had prior involvements with police, that it's I still try to have a positive impact on them so that the you know next time that police attend, they at least go, oh, well, the last police weren't too yeah. bad, so we'll talk with these ones. Treat, treat people equally, try not to be preju- too prejudiced, I guess. Yeah, that's it. Bit of a challenge, but um, <laughs> sure, we all do our best with that yes that's it okay so um are you what do you what, what's happening for the rest of today are you out on the beat or are you in the office no not today i am the watch housekeeper today so oh, what does that uh, mean it means if you ring the chef and police station you'll get me <laughs> ah, okay so de- dealing with all comers yeah that's it any questions queries co- we get a lot of coronavirus questions at the moment but um yeah. my neighbor's doing this is he <laughs> yeah. allowed if I go to Melbourne... <laughs> mm, just uh, don't. Preferably, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Probably, yeah. But, okay. Yeah, well, it's been a real pleasure talking to you uh, today, Georgia. So um, I know that you're, you're f- you grew up in Shep, is that right? Um, yeah, not, not quite Shepparton, but, yeah, not too far away from Shep. Whereabouts? Um, I grew up actually in, in Strathmerton. Okay, yeah, know it well. Cactus country up there. Cactus country. <laughs> <laughs> Bakery, give my grandparents a bit of a shout-out and my, probably my mum too, what? Cafe 3641. <laughs> Is that at Strathmerton? They're the, yeah, they're the two cafes at Strathmerton. <laughs> ah, hello to everyone up there at Strathy. Uh, now, you said you're from Strathy, but I know that you've uh, you've played netball for the Shet Bears and I believe you, are, you were going to coach um, A grade at TAT netball. Yeah, yeah, so... Um, was assistant coach um, alongside Tracy Burton at Shep Bears. 
Um, I've got some siblings that were playing there. My sisters still are. Um, but I was poached by the Tatura Bulldogs to to um, be their A-grade coach. And um, But unfortunately this season we didn't get around to to having a season. So Yes, I know Glenn Gibson who uh, put... Uh Put, you, put me in touch with you as uh, having a little bit of a joke about how you're undefeated because, of course, you haven't played. Um, but um, all the best. I'm sure hopefully community sport will be happening again soon and um, we will look out for you on, the, on the, at least the side of the netball court. Yeah, that's it. And we will, I'm sure, see you around about the community on the beat. And um, all the best for your policing career, Georgia. You certainly put a very good spin on it and... Um, Sounds like a, a pretty encouraging example for any of our young people out there thinking about going into the police force. Yeah, very much. It's a great job and you get, get to meet some really great people, which is, which is good. You do obviously get some that aren't as fabulous, but at the end of the day, you always take the good over the bad. Come well, full. I guess we're all people and we've all, we've all had varying experiences to get where we are. That's it. Um, life isn't always easy. And um, sometimes when people come into contact with the police, it's not the best day of their life. No, it's normally <laughs> the worst. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm sure you do great work down there, Georgia. So that's uh, new Shepherd and Const- Constable Georgia Ryan. And um, thanks again for your time and all the best. Thank you very much, Terry. And that was the weekly police segment on Ship Life 1FM 98.5. Thanks for listening as always.